0: Now you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours.
1: Welcome to the True Performance Show by Ziegler. Every positive pursuit in life, every progression of personal development, change is fueled by one thing: inspiration. It's the drive and the hunger that propels every good endeavor. Without it, we merely have a dream, but never actually move. With it, we can actually overcome insurmountable odds to achieve our desires, convictions, and calling. In this show, we come together to drill down into what really makes success tick and how we can apply it to our unique personal and work lives. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and right now, we're going to inspire your true performance. Hi, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, and this is Ziggler's True Performance Show, episode 418. Today, I'm sitting in the studio live with my wife, Terry, to cover one of Zig's favorite topics the dire necessity and glory of healthy relationships, especially in your marriage. Terry and I did a couple shows before on marriage, I think just two. They were some of the most uh, listened to, downloaded uh, shows. And we got them. I've never had any show that we've done, no matter if it's Seth Godin or Dave Ramsey or whoever uh, rock star you want to talk about, that we've had so many reviews on iTunes about a specific show than the two that we did on marriage. So we're back for a third one. And we actually just did a live Facebook, it's Facebook Live video on the Ziegler Facebook page and talked on some of these topics. And we're actually going to do some Q&A as part of this or or answer some of the questions. And the first 60 minutes of the show or that video being up on Facebook almost 20, actually over now, 20,000 views. So obviously a hot topic. If you want to see that, go to Facebook, type in Zig Ziglar and you'll find the big Ziglar page. There's over 4 million people on there, fans on there. If you're hearing this at a later date, you can go to the videos tab there uh, to get to it a little quicker, find it. It's, it'll be posted uh, or it is posted August 24th 2016. And if you find value, please like and share it. We had thousands of people do that. You'll see that, that liked and, sh- and shared it and uh, expose more people to Ziegler and this message. That's interesting. I did the first Facebook live session f- about the show on a show topic just a couple days ago, it had great content. It was Zig and uh, talking about some of his, his points of course, but uh, interestingly didn't have near the viewership that this one had. And I think the topic of marriage is a big one. And uh, well, in all truth, they also may have just tuned in to see my incredibly gorgeous wife, but uh, the content was was stellar. Well, hey, real quick, before we get into this, we're going to play a clip of Zig and then Terry and I are going to talk about it. I do want to remind you that you can get Zig's book, The Little Book of Big Quotes. Every, anybody who knows Zig, he's one of the most quoted people of all time. The inspirational, life-changing quotes. You can get The Little Book of of big quotes free right now, uh, an electronic PDF. If you'll text true performance altogether, true performance uh, to this number, 94253. Okay, true performance, te- uh, text it into this number, 94253, and you'll get Zig's little book of big quotes immediately uh, via PDF. Uh, And hey, on this show, uh, if you do find value, please give us a review on iTunes and Stitcher, especially Stitcher. We haven't had a whole lot of reviews on their iTunes. we got tons. Um, but Stitcher, we do have some, and actually it's, there's a couple that aren't so good, which is odd. Uh, generally we get rave reviews, but yeah. So if you get value, iTunes and Stitcher would be great. Okay. Well, Hey, I'm going to give you now Zig. It's about, I think about nine or 10 minutes and he's talking on marriage and some other aspects. It's just him. It's, this is from the strategies for success series. And this is the hope section, section, the foundation for successful change track six. If you go to com and click online store, and then MP3s, you can find Strategies for Success right there, and you can order it and have it immediately. So this is from that segment. Here is Zig, and then Terry and I are going to break it down.
0: number of years ago, I was writing down LBJ, and I heard the radio where a gentleman had been promoted to president of his corporation. He's a friend of mine, so I stopped in to see him just to congratulate him. When I, when I walked in, he said, come on in, Zig, sit down, I don't want to talk to you. And I said, well, I know you're probably busy in this new promotion you've got, but he said, no, nah, sit down, you deserve a lot of the credit for it. And I said, well, I got time for that. And, you know, I mean, he just came up with a very interesting subject. He, he said, you, you know, Zig, he said, uh, I'm one of those lucky human beings. I married the right person. We went to the right schools. We attend the right church, whatever that is. And he said, we've always had a a good relationship. But he said, you know, Zig, as I watched you and your wife and the way you treated each other and the way you responded to each other and the way you courted each other, he said, I realized that though you were several years older than I am, many years older, you seem to have more fire and passion for your wife than I did for mine. So he said, I decided that I was going to do something about that. I started doing the little things you do. I started opening her car door. I started calling her on my breaks. I started uh, sending her little notes. I started doing the little things. And and he said, you know, Zig, about a month later, the people around uh, the company started asking, well, I wonder what's going on here, what's happening. He said, Zig, I can look you right in the eye and say, I honestly believe I'm now the president of this company because the relationship The encouragement that my wife has given me is the direct result that I am here. The hope he received that marriage could be fun regardless of the number of years that have been involved. The difference he saw when he was happier at home doing the things that we all need to do is what made the difference. He said, the chairman wants to talk to you. I said, okay, I may go up and see him. Because, he said, he's got a story too. It's different from mine, and yet it's the same story. Well, I went upstairs, and the chairman was there. And when I walked in, he said, Zig, sit down. I want to talk to you. He said, you see that telephone over there? And I said, yeah. He said, the only people that know that number are my family. He said, used to, when that phone would ring, I was tempted to pick it up and said, what have they done now? I had a 12-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old son. And he said, trouble, trouble, trouble all the way. My son was a rebel. You know, everything he ate seemed to turn to hair. Uh, You know, his room was uh, like a pig pen. His music was so loud you could hear it three blocks away. And uh, he was just uh, sloppy and insolent. And he said, you know, it it, it just was terrible. But he said, when I heard you talking about family, and when you quoted Dr. Herb True, who said... All of us should periodically close our eyes and imagine that every person on this earth that we love were suddenly taken out of our lives. How would we feel? Then he said, imagine as you open your eyes, it was just a nightmare. There they are. He said, when that hit me, he said, I decided change was in order. I picked up the telephone one afternoon. I called my son and I said, son, Would you like to go see the Texas Rangers play tonight? And he said, after my son picked himself up off the floor, <laughs> he said, sure, Dad, I'd love that. He said, the next day, I took off early. We went to the park, and although the Rangers lost the game, uh, it was wonderful for us. We're not baseball fans. We quickly learned, though, that we're supposed to cheer the home team, boo the foreign team, accuse the umpires and referees of having serious eye problems. I mean, uh, uh, all of those things. We stretched at the seventh inning, and we, we ate the hot dogs. I mean, we... We did the whole smear. And when it was over, he said, We went out and had another little snack. He said, Zig, I spent more time with my boy that night than I'd spent with him in the last six months. He said, It didn't happen the next week or the next day. But he said, Over a period of time, with the other treatment I was given, he said, I used to get up and leave earlier so I wouldn't have to have breakfast with the kids. I used to make appointments at night so I wouldn't have to get there for dinner. But he said, when I started having breakfast, I realized that I was trying to avoid a bad situation and something fascinating happened. When I started being there and getting closer, my son is a fine, outstanding young man, has high moral values, And he said his room still wouldn't qualify for an A-grade rating in the restaurant business. But it's so much better. His hair is certainly acceptable in anybody's judgment. And uh, his manners, I mean, everything about this young man has changed. He said, my 12-year-old daughter cut from the same bolt of cloth, rebellious And he said, uh, I called her a couple of days after I took my son to the game and asked her for a date that evening. Let's go out to a nice restaurant for dinner. He said, I bought her a nice little corsage. We had the hors d'oeuvres and we had the entree and we had the flaming banana dessert. I mean, the whole nine yards. He said, we spent three hours eating. And he said, I discovered something about my daughter that night. She, too, is very much like my son. The relationship was steadily improving. It's amazing what had happened. He said, Zig, I'm convinced beyond any doubt. I'm now the chairman of the board because I have so much freedom to be myself. And I have the peace and the comfort and the joy that goes with watching your kids draw close to you. Folks, it's amazing. When we have relationships and the concept of helping other people get what they want. And, folks, i got to tell you, there's something that I believe is absolutely critical, and that's to understand that growth, constant growth, is part of the process. Now, i got to tell you, I don't expect anybody to read as much as I do because this is my life, this is my business. For the last 27 years, I've read an average of about three hours a day. I read a wide range of materials. I try to read my Bible every day. I read the paper every day, and that way I know what both sides are up to. And, you know, and and I think that's important. But at the same time, uh, you know, I joke about the newspapers, and that's partially true. But you know where I get most of my information, either ultimately or in the beginning point? The daily paper. You'd be amazed when you look for it how much good stuff is in there, stories that you like to read about and hear about. They give book reports. They give sources of information. We need to read and we need to listen. Did you know if you read just 20 minutes a day and you're an average reader, I'm assuming you read something good and has value, 20 minutes a day and you're an average reader, 220 words a minute, at the end of the year you will have read 20, 200 page books. Average American reads... Two good books a year. Think of the competitive advantage that gives you. Think about listening on your way to work. Think about Automobile University and what it can mean to you. Think what it would mean if you read together. Think about what Jim Rohn says. Formal education will earn you a living. Self-education will earn you a fortune. You determine how much of a fortune you will earn... By how much self-education you decide to get. I encourage people to get all the formal education they can. Nothing thrills me much more than to get a letter from some 70-year-old person who writes in and says, you know, when I was 65, I went back to school. I now have my degree. That thrills me. But we can learn every day of our lives. The final thing I'm going to say along these lines Dr. Smiley Blanton says this. He says he's never known a senile person, regardless of age, who developed a genuine interest and care and affection for other people. Now, I validate things in several different sources. The Menrith Clinic is one of my favorites. I can call them, and this is where I've done most of my networking, with doctors, psychologists, theologians, Uh, physiologist who can give me information. And I called over there and I asked Frank Minnerth, I said here's what uh, Dr. Blanton said how do you regard that? But before you respond, I want to ask you a question and you tell me if it's right. He said, well Zig, first of all, you need to talk to Dr. Les Carter. This is his field. I said, okay, give me Dr. Carter. And Dr. Carter then later wrote me to validate this. What I said to him was I said, Dr. Carter, See if I'm right in this statement. Alzheimer's is a disease. But dementia, our mental breakdown of a mental nature, is the direct result of a long series of poor choices. He said, as long as you put it that way, you're right on the button. Folks, we're living longer. We can also live better We can live much better. The good news is the older you get, the more creative you get. I'm infinitely more creative today than I was 30 years ago. The more you pump in there, the more usable what you already know becomes. When the old sees the new, as we talked about in the last presentation, when the old sees the new, they get together and they come up with some brand new ideas. That gets us excited. When I learn something new, I get so turned on with that information. You'll do exactly the same thing. So keep on learning. You're, you're here for that reason. Keep on going. Follow the procedures that we've been talking about because if you do, I will see you. And yes, I really do mean you, not just at the top. Hey, I'm going to see you over the top. Thank you and God bless you for being here.
1: Okay, folks. Well, Terry, my wife is here in the studio with me. And we're going to talk about some of the aspects that Zig hit on there in regards to marriage. And we're really, and this is what we did the Facebook live show on just a uh, moment ago, well, about an hour ago, that's had over 20,000 views already. And we posted these questions. What's the value of a good marriage? Uh, what is the foundation of a good marriage? And what percentage of a marriage should be friendship, partnership, or as Terry said, likes to say collaboration. Instead, you'll hear us talk about that or romance. So those are the three topics that we are going to dive into now. First, I want to thank a sponsor of today's Ziggler's True Performance Show, Wealthfront. It's a transparent and affordable financial advisor that can help you invest your hard-earned dollars and reach your financial goals. Wealthfront has combined world-class financial experts and Silicon Valley's best technology talent to build a modern financial services company that allows you to access your account anytime online or through your phone. Wealthfront charges no trading commissions, has a minimum deposit of only $500 and is free for accounts under $10,000. For accounts larger than 10,000, Wealthfront's fee is only 0.25% of the account size per year and with this unique URL, okay? Wealthfront dot com slash ziggler, you'll actually be free for fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, so from ten to fifteen thousand dollars are doing this just for the Ziggler audience. Again, that's wealthfront.com slash Ziggler. Okay, folks, so the number one question uh, or the topic, what is the value of a good marriage? Well, I mean honey, that's a pff- What's the value of a good marriage? I mean, we would say, well, that's a stupid question, but really when we break it down and that's what we did on the Facebook page, Facebook live is talk about what are the aspects or or what is the value of a good marriage? Why do, what do we get out of it? What do we miss if we don't have a good marriage? I mean, that's, if somebody was on there, one of the first ones, well, when we first started the show, people were saying, oh my gosh, you know, Hey, I've been married this long, this long, this long. And you asked that question.
2: Yeah. What question?
1: Just of, well, was it, uh, oh, just yes. endurance?
2: <laughs> right. Was it, so congratulations, 25 years. Was that 25 years of drudgery or mm. was it 25 years of joy? Are you still learning how to fall in love over, you know, again and again, fall in love with each other? Um, Yeah. So just a lot of years don't, does not necessarily mean anything that you should be congratulated. I know. I
1: literally think about that when it's anniversary time and people say, congratulations on 23 years. And it sounds like I just won an endurance event. Hey, you did a marathon. That's awesome. And I think, well, that I'm not proud. And I, I generally will say that I'm not proud of the, the years necessarily. I'm proud that after, in our case right now, 23 years that we are still in love that you're my best friend, that We love each other to that degree. That's what I'm, I mean, and that's otherwise, yeah, we we can do endurance. A lot of people do.
2: Well, I'm going to even argue with that. I think sometimes you say, um, oh yeah, you know, all these years and we're still in love. I just think that's, that's creating a false perception. Still in love. No, we have fallen in and out of love. We have stuck to the commitment at times when you wanted to chop my head off and flush it down the toilet. And what's happened is we've kept that commitment so that we have allowed God to work in our lives, that we've been able to fall in love again and again and again. Because can I say that I'm still in love with you like I was in love with you when we first met and married? Absolutely not. I fell in and out of love with you so many times over the years through really, really hard times we've gone through. But because we stuck to it, Dave Ramsey used to, I don't know if he still says this, he used to say, sometimes in marriage, you just got to hold on tight enough to each other. Just, just so you don't lose grip when you're getting ready for the next swing, something like that. I didn't say it quite right. Yeah. But I think that's true. You know, you just got to hold on to each other, get through the tough stuff and trust and hope and pray and seek ways to fall in love again. Because Uh, you're different. You're a different man than the... Then the boy I married, I I hope, and I hope I'm a different woman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, gosh, I mean, when I think about it, again, different perspectives, I think, did I ever fall out of love with you? I, I don't know that I would say that, but did I fall out of like? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, did, <laughs> I did not. I did not like who you were, who Yeah. you were to me or who you even were in, in certain points. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so in this, again, the value of a good marriage. And, you know, I I came to this question as Zig's talking about, you know, when you're happier at home, you're more successful in work. He's talking, of course, he's, you know, in a work context. He's on stage in front of people at a, at a business type event, but he's talking about the value of a good marriage for, marriage for overall success, having a healthy, joyful, fulfilling relationship. And that's a question. What does it add to success? And yeah, you mentioned this somewhat in the Facebook uh, live video that we just did uh, how some of the stats. And I, the first one I thought about was back, gosh, so long ago that I read the millionaire next door. And it literally, that's one of the primary tenets of that book is who are the millionaires? You know, what are their propensities and habits, but it does cite the majority of wealthy people of those millionaires are married and stay married to the same person. And so when I look at the value of a good marriage, I, I mean, I did think about It kind of brought up three things for me, Terry. So, you know, you have somebody who has a good marriage and and I'm going to talk about it in regards to work. Okay. They have a good marriage. They're much more inspired and successful at work. Or number two, they have a poor marriage. They are hampered at work. It's hard to excel when things at home aren't good. Uh, It's just kind of surviving work and marriage in relative mediocrity. And people just go on in that and and, and both of them are hurting the other. Or three, somebody has a poor marriage and they separate from it. And devote themselves to work. That's where they get their kudos. So they do excel there. Now, Zig would say, well, that's not true success to excel there, you know, financially and in and, and your status and whatever. And your marriage is is crap. But you can't. It's not, he's not saying that you can have a, if you have a bad marriage, you will not succeed at work. No, you can separate yourself, succeed in work. Your marriage is going to continue to decline and we usually see it then end because both people want more than that. They want more of a connection. So I see people in those three areas Does that ring true to you.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's just so many practical like that question the value of marriage there's mm-hmm. so many practical reasons that we've all heard about um i'm i'm on webmd right now looking at i love i love to research topics yes
1: you're the sci- the sexy scientist right
2: <laughs> um yeah i just finished my masters in child development psychology so i'm i love to research and um it's interesting i mean really quickly any google search and you can find all kinds of Wonderful health and psychological benefits um, of being married, benefits of marriage that we all have heard of. You know, lower blood pressure, less risk of heart attack. Um, uh, you know, better overall health. I'm just kind of scrolling through here. Better social connections, um, fewer risk taking behaviors, less substance abuse. Um, so there's just lots of practical. Reasons, but all of those reasons, interestingly, are connected to a a connect or a, a well marriage, a marriage that's happy and strong. So, I mean, I feel like that's yeah. Because then it could also saying. on
1: on the opposite side, it's going to be the most toxic thing in mm-hmm. your life, which I think is what Zig was was getting to. Is if you have a Poor marriage, poor relationships, toxic, uh, hurtful, yada yada. It's it's gonna it's gonna affect everything you are. You can't be a, as good of a parent. You can't be as as uh, successful at work. Your health is going to be less. I mean, it affects everything neurologically and physiologically. And uh, you know, again, that's why he's. I think came to that topic so much of he's looking at overall success and he's looking beyond just personal development principles, business principles, and he's looking and then he put a lot of focus on your personal health relationships. Yeah. Even your physical abilities and health and wellness, because without those things, what's the success for, which is a little bit of my feeling too. If I go have success at work and and home life stinks, uh, what's the point?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think we all, we all go to that, that idea of, okay, at the, at the end, you're on your deathbed, you know, what are all your business partners going to be around you? Not likely. It's going to be your family. It's going to be your most intimate connections. And so if you're, if you are not making your most intimate connections, your biggest priority, it's, I mean, every way that we measure quality of life, psychological well being. Relational success, everything that
1: matters
2: to a human being, to the human race, is a waste if you're not making those those intimate relationships.
1: Well, and, I, one. and I've got to say too, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. So, I my work is is fairly demanding. I love it. I mean, I I, I here I'm working. I'm getting paid right now for doing this. I mean, what a blast! I'm here with, with you. And I'm getting paid for this. We are getting paid for this. We we support our home of, this morning there was what, 11 people uh, sleeping under our roof. And we support them with the work I do here, with the work I do in the health and wellness arena, stuff that I would do for free in essence. But I get paid to do those. My work is incredibly inspiring, fulfilling, all that kind of stuff. But uh, to do that, it is demanding to do that and have home life. Well, we've had those periods. It's existed where our marriage was in the crapper and it was so difficult to do my work it clouded everything and on the flip side to know that the best part of my day is going home Aww. I mean it just is though I mean I love it I look forward to it you know that in the middle of the day I'm texting everybody to go about dinner hey what do you guys want for dinner tonight yeah is this <laughs> a should we do a movie tonight a game do we need to work on something you know whatever I mean I'm thinking about that throughout the day because I love it so it's such a boon for me. It's such a support that drives and energizes my work and everything that I do. And again, on the other side, when it's bad, and I mean, we've had it incredibly bad almost at the end of our marriage, Mm -hmm. it handicaps everything.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Even physical health.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah well, totally. duh,
2: that's what I started out. Yeah. Well, and, I, but I, and,
1: and the thing that scared me going to what I said earlier, the thing that scared me is realizing that, okay, if I just say, you know, whatever home is whatever, and I'm just going to devote myself to work, that separation is fatal. And yeah. I see that happen a lot too, where people are like, okay, it is what it is, whatever. I'm just going to go Excel where I do. And you have yeah. separate lives and you can do that and still, you know, pretend like you are happy when you have your yearly anniversary and smile for the camera. And
2: Yeah. But I, I think there are. I think it is good also to mention, just so that people don't get the wrong idea. I don't want listeners to think, oh, well, we've just had this idyllic marriage and we've not wanted to kill each other at times. I know we've said that a couple of times, but I think that it's just. It's true in America, and again, I'm going to go back to science here. I'm going to go back to some research articles. Um, There's a a fantastic article on the in the New York Times um, online, of course. It's from October 2015, and it's called "The Ambivalent Marriage Takes a Toll on Health." And the article is is actually um, going over a research study. Um, out of Utah uh, from Wendy Birmingham and'm I'm, I'm, I'm able to pull up that research study um, and it's called it's complicated marital ambivalence on ambulatory blood pressure and daily interpersonal functioning complicated title what the study what the study attempted to do was actually measure um blood pressure some some um qual- qualitative qualitative that means um the quality of life and Quantitative, like that, they could measure it with numbers. Um, so, putting together the science with the feelings kind of idea, um, measuring marriage and how it actually physically shows up in our lives. And ultimately, what the study came away with is that there are marriages that are up and down, the highs and lows. And those marriages are often more successful at creating health and well being in the individuals, um, even though there are those lows. Um, and what their study is attempting to show is that the ambivalent marriage is the more dangerous one that the, the people they were participate, the people that were participating in the study, in the research, and as they were measuring health benefits, um, those people in a ho-hum ambivalent marriage where there, there weren't highs, like you said, Kevin, they were just settling. Good at work, whatever, they come home, I bring home a paycheck. You know, we're partners in childcare. <laughs> but maybe there's no friendship, there's no romance, there's no collaboration. Um, that those people do not get the value of marriage. So does marriage itself have value? No, not necessarily. Do the integral, so- beautiful relational parts of marriage, even the ups and downs have value and benefits, yeah. absolutely. So
1: you'd be better off to be happy single than unhappy married, of course. But married happy is has a lot more to offer than happy single. Th- th- what you just said, though, on the, um, gosh, the ups and downs. Yeah. Okay, so what it reminded me of over here in, in the health and wellness arena that I work in that I just, I just found out and read, we do some stuff with heart rate variability, looking at that heart math Yeah, and that I had, I had never heard this. So here, true, true, uh, not story, uh, <laughs> reality, true medical fact, true medical <laughs> fact is that right now. So if I am sitting here in relatively good health and fitness and wellness, my heart rate variability is fairly high. It's, it's not just dun, dum dun, dun. Dum. That's what we think of. That's what I would have thought of. Oh, I'm healthy. So it's, it's good and consistent. No, the variability. It ranges a lot, so we have tests where you can go and do this and watch your heart rate variability. So that's healthy. It's a lot of heart rate variability. It's going and it's different beats and different rhythms and, and, and whatever.
2: That it can it can get really high and accelerated, but then uh-huh. it can really slow down. It's a roller coaster of a heartbeat.
1: But even sitting here, so even sitting <laughs> yeah. here, not doing not doing anything different, I have I have a lot of heart rate. Hopefully, I have a lot of heart rate variability because right before a heart attack, somebody's heart is like a metronome. Boom. Boom. But boom, it's perfect. No variability. That's heart attack. How weird is that?
2: That's so weird. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's literally true.
2: That yeah. is an exact, that is amazing. That's an exact parallel. Because it's the same thing that this study, I yeah, I just love research studies. Because research studies just give evidence to things that we might feel are true and we know to be true on the inside. And And a research study doesn't necessarily prove anything, but it gives evidence to support what we feel is true inside, and yeah, I've always felt like, golly, I just, man, I don't, I don't know that I can handle that boring, ambivalent. They just kind of get along all the time. Marriage, that can I handle that heartbeat that's just steady, even keel? Don't rock the boat. Boring, ambivalent. I, I, I couldn't handle it personally. I feel like, gosh, how is that healthy? There's no life. Life is about seasons. It's about high mountaintops and low valleys. It's about terrifying uh, thunderstorms. And then it's about peaceful, tranquil, sunny days.
1: Okay. And I'm with you, obviously. And we are both very similar in personality style in that way. Obviously, there are people who are just naturally more even keel. And I mean, you're not saying that that's wrong. No, you're right. Yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) Well, well, but you would still, but you would still say, I mean, just, just for, um, health and wellness, you know, we need to get our heart rates up. I mean, if you go along at just one, if your heart rate at 80 or 70 or whatever, you know, resting (laughs) just forever without any heart rate, you're not, you have a weak, weak heart. So when something does happen and you do need to run, Mm. you're not able to. So even for somebody who is more of an even keel, there is a need I mean, well, I love this. My partner Randy, his, his uh, he likes to say, "What's the opposite of stress?" We tend to say, "Well, peace and ease." No, the opposite of stress is death. If you don't have something stressing, mm-hmm. I mean, stress is good. It's it's handling, handling it poorly that is bad. But we need we need stress. What does that look like in a marriage? I mean, you need to. I think if you're fully you, it's going to stress a marriage. Yeah. I mean, any two people together, there are things that that uh, you know that aren't going to jive at certain points of time. Okay, we're going to hit some of the comments that we got in Facebook, but I want to thank another sponsor of today's show, Earth Class Mail. They move your snail mail to the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7 and integrate with the tools and services you use every day. It's crazy that we've moved everything we do for business over to the digital world, but still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. So with Earth Class Mail, you can get all your mail scanned and accessible online 24-7. You can search your mail, send invoices over your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit electronic checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. You also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. You'll never need to worry about someone showing up at your front door if you run your business from home. Earth Class Mail. It's a great solution, perfect for businesses and independent entrepreneurs of all types visit earthclassmail.com slash Ziggler. They will give you your first month of service free when you sign up again, that's earthclassmail.com slash Ziggler. Okay. So again, we prior to recording this show right now, we did a live Facebook video talking about these topics and got last I looked, there were near 600 comments, incredible comments, Questions and Terry, I know you 've been kind of combing through those, mm-hmm. so on this aspect of what is the value of a good marriage mm-hmm.
2: well, I love what you were just saying that the opposite of stress was that it opposite of stress is not yeah <laughs> the opposite of stress is not oh peace, harmony, joy, no, the opposite of stress is dead is death there 's nothing, and we see that it's it 's one of those duh. I mean, we see that in the world that, um, you know, if you're gonna make your muscles stronger, you have to stress them. You have to work them out, break them down. I was just
1: typing that to say that. I mean, yeah, yeah. we can't. We can't. My body is gonna go to. Oh, well, we see that it's atrophy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you could almost say that the opposite, the opposite of stress, stress is, is atrophy. atrophy. Yeah, yeah.
2: Atrophy, which just leads to death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, yeah. Maybe that's it. The atrophied marriage.
1: Because wouldn't you think about that? If your arms in a cast for. Uh, a, a month, you would think, oh my gosh, no stress. It must be, it's going to be in perfect health. No, it's toast. You yeah. it, it can't do anything. You've got to have stress. It's weird to talk about that within a relationship though, because we don't want to go and create stress. Hey, you know what? Just so our marriage is strong, I'm really going to piss you off today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but we don't have to. It happens in nature. That's It's just like pruning an apple tree. So if you have um, a beautiful garden um, and you are cultivating it, you are the gardener. It's it's your responsibility then to prune those trees back. And I remember your your grandpa Ray. Ah, oh, he you know we picked all those apples and he pruned them back to nubs. But of course before he pruned them, I mean it was I mean it was just thick, just apples everywhere. And he said, "Well, I prune them back like this every year. That's why they produce so much fruit." And so he had to do this drastic pruning. Well, that was his job as the gardener. That's what we have to do in in some very controlled situations. But we see it in nature all the time. God naturally prunes the world. I mean, there are natural cycles of, you know, even what seems like devastating things, you know, like wildfires, but nature naturally prunes trees in the winter and leaves fall off and new fruit and new growth. And, and that's normal. That's going to happen in our lives, and our marriages, no matter what. I okay. don't think we need to create stress.
1: Well, you're right. And so, uh, you know, in talking about that, that through most people's site, guys, the people that we have on here, the incredible rock star interviewees that we have on the Ziggler show almost always talk about here they are on this platform of success and achievement that it came as a result of great trial. Well, so do we go out and, you know, man, artificially manifest great trial not necessarily, but if they are doing something worthy and, and from a faith-based standpoint, I would say, well, we had somebody say this, you know, would, would God call you to anything that did not, was not overwhelming, did not require him. No, so if you are pursuing a calling on your life, it is going to be challenging in the same way in marriage. What I thought of is my propensity is to stay safe, keep our relationship nice and non-conflict and whatever Mm -hmm. if i'm truly me though and really honest then it's going to create stress yeah so if i want to stay safe i'm over here without stress and i guess what we take from this analogy is we're going to uh, relationship won't be as strong as it could be it will have it'll atrophy by just stay safe if i'm really honest with you it's going to cause stress yeah yeah
2: well i think i mean even thinking about that it happens naturally you know what if you know, analogy of an, of an aspen tree. So we have this, you know, all these beautiful aspen trees in our yard. And so say one of those aspen trees, you know, loses all its beautiful, bright green, you know, the bright spring green leaves go yellow and then they get a little more brown and then they fall off. And that aspen tree is just bare. And what if that aspen tree is just like, you know what, that I'm, this roller coaster is just too much. That's just kind of too much to put out all that all those leaves again next year. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty and lacy like this. I'm just going to stay lacy like this and I'll just accept this even keel. No, hello. Then it's a dead aspen tree and we chop it down. We use it for firewood. That's a little harsh. Sorry. It's a little mean. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, the aspen tree doesn't have that choice, but we do. And there's this, um, there's a a great comment that was posted by Carmen D angel or on hell, um, and he, she, he, I don't even know. Cause I just copied it. Well,
1: we got people from all across the globe. So yes. I just go with it. Okay. Great so person on Facebook, some
2: really smart person named Carmen said, and I think this is the crux of it. Once you're unwilling to allow change, you stop growing and all your relationships suffer. And I think that is so fantastic that stress is going to happen. It is going to be there to have this, this false idea that, um, you know, I, I need to stay the same as I was when we first married. Gosh, yeah, we we had a couple of friends years ago and um, they were just, you know, really going through some hard times maritally. And a lot of it was because the wife was really growing and changing. And um, she said, you know, she was just crying to me about it one time. We were in a, a, like a Bible study together and she just was devastated and said, well, he just keeps saying, I'm not the woman that he married. He just doesn't know me anymore. I just keep changing and I'm not the woman that he married. And I felt like, and I said to her, of course you're not. Praise be to God. You're changing and growing. And Carmen said it. Once you're unwilling to allow change, you stop growing and all your relationships suffer. suffer. So you atrophy and that's death. And then Wendy Williams, um, who she posted a lot of comments, what a wise woman. She's a marriage educator and counselor. Um, So Wendy Williams said, uh, this this goes along the the lines of, it's just going to happen. You don't have to make that stress happen. I love this comment. The cauldron of time and commitment give us personal growth and development. We are built for growth and contribution, right? I love that. The cauldron of time and commitment. That's going to bring the stress. And then are we going to grow? Are we going to be willing to? to receive it, to change and grow, to allow that stress to make us stronger? Or are we just going to atrophy?
1: Yeah. And, and, and again, this was, you know, from, from a, oh, we had a glitch in the microphone there. Um, from a, my own perspective, my own experience is I had to, you helped teach me about the health and necessity of that stress. And it really came with, it comes, I mean, it's a work in progress for me to be honest. Just to be honest about my feelings, instead of thinking again, no, I, I hold back that conflict so that we stay okay, and that that wasn't healthy. That the you know there's going to be conflict. We're two human beings made with our own thoughts, our own opinions, our own input. I, that's just not how I was for some reason naturally wired. To me, health was peace and harmony, and that's what you uh, guard at all costs. And you came along. And had no problem disrupting peace and harmony in that to be, you know, but to be, <laughs> well, but to be authentic. And what do I want to fake you? And you don't want to fake me. And yet that is my struggle. I tend, it's hard for me to share those authentic feelings that will bind us together more because it will create conflict. I think that's important for a lot of people to hear of different person, you know, certain personality styles similar to mine. I don't know if that's necessarily even a guy girl. I see it on both sides where you're not, you don't want to rock the boat and you think that that is that is peace and health. And it's not, it builds up walls. And again, it's my ongoing struggle. It's not something that, Hey, I learned. And so now obviously you know that it's, it's still a big conscious effort for me to come forward to you and go, okay, here's something that's probably not going to be healthy. If I don't, unless I share it, something that I'm struggling with, that you need to know about, or that I'm struggling with you. And, uh, and that's hard. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you may take it poorly and you may, you might take it poorly. either way. If I don't, it's not healthy. Yeah.
2: I think in, uh, another thing that strikes me based on um, several comments, actually, based on several things that um, I read on our earlier Facebook um, video, um, the idea that the value of marriage, or uh, I, okay, I'm going to say the most important value of marriage. And maybe this will be the tie up this question. I don't know. But I think the most important. Thing that that marriage has done in my life and will do for people if we allow it is that marriage will draw us closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Marriage will create um, a, a more godly living, more selflessness, um, more humility. Um, I, I just think there's nothing more important and there's nothing more valuable I have gained in my life than how I have learned about um, my absolute need for Jesus Christ, my absolute need for mercy and grace, the absolute need for walking in the Spirit, allowing the Spirit to to lead me, to help me, um, for learning how loved I am, that I am loved by my God, my Abba, that is what marriage that's the value that marriage has brought to me and i just to insert really quick um dawn white um had a a, a pretty powerful comment she said 36 years of marriage and um in listening to um our our podcast our not podcast the uh, the youtube video live video she said um and listening to what you're saying she says it sounds like you're living in the five senses and not walking in love and by the spirit ouch i feel the sting of that reprimand so um i think that's a but that is a good a good comment and a and a good thing to point out that yes in a marriage it's very easy to think that the main priority is all the physical issues, all the um, flesh issues, you know finances and children and our intimacy and how much weight are you pulling and how much weight are you pulling? and And so I think that's just a really beautiful point that um, that yeah, if we allow it to be so, the greatest value of marriage is drawing us closer to Christ.
1: Yes, it is. And <laughs> speaking of family, I just had to duck out and get a call that the power is off at our home. So no, you don't need to answer. He says it's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, hey, we, again, we did a Facebook live video talking about this segment. We've only talked about point number one that we pulled out of Zig's clip and I'm looking at the Facebook page. Now there's, there's now 600 comments and this has been about an hour and a half since we actually went live on there. And uh, so we're going to talk about another point here, but then I think we're going to cut this and then go to – we'll do a part two follow-up. This is show 418. I think uh, I'll have to check on our schedule, but I may do show 419, and we'll hit probably that last point. And the last question was what percentage of a marriage should be friendship, partnership, or as they'll hear, you talk about collaboration – or Col-a-la-la-la, romance, color, elaboration. It is a hard word for him to say. So the second question here: What you know? We talk about what's the value of a good marriage? Is what is the foundation of a good marriage? What makes that up? Now, when we asked that on the Facebook page, the Ziegler Facebook fan page, oh my gosh the the scroll. I mean, I couldn't. We couldn't keep up with it. The scrolling comments on what people thought of was the foundation of a good marriage. Trust was huge on there. Communication was accountability. What are a couple of the other main primary terms that came up?
2: Oh, well, goodness. There's a, a really great one here. Um, oh, goodness. Wait, where is it? I lost it. Go on to something else. I have to find it. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, no, here it is. Here yeah. it is. Um, Colin Gray wrote, choose to love each other even in those moments when you struggle to like each other. Love is a commitment, not a feeling. Commitment. That was a word we heard over or that we saw over and over and over again. Commitment.
1: Okay. Well, I... I bristle at that statement a little bit with the love is a, the black and white of it. you know love is a commitment not a feeling I think it's both I mean that and that gets well, okay yeah <laughs> well and that gets to the third question that we're I think we'll, we'll answer in in the follow-up show here is you know what percentage of marriage should be friendship partnership uh, or romance you know where is there a place for feeling and I uh, you know as we shared it was at the top of the Facebook show that we did is our personal, pillar of marriage that we like is to find someone that you yes. don't find someone you can live with, find someone you can't live without. Mm-hmm. That's there's feeling in there. There's a lot, but I, you know, both, obviously I think it's equal commitment and feeling. And I see people, obviously we see people err on either side of that. Yeah. Mo- I think more so though on the commitment. And that's where we talked about, Oh, I've been married 35 years. My commitment and devotion is strong. It sucks, but uh, it's, it's been, it's a terrible marriage, but hey, I am, I'm, I'm devoted to it. I'm committed to it. Yeah. That's terrible for everybody.
2: Yeah. It's, but I think that it just comes back to that issue of, are you even allowing yourself to be changed? Are you allowing yourself to grow? And I mean, that's, so there, there that's where you have the atrophied marriage, uh-huh. you know, the, am, the ambivalent marriage where nothing's really happening. There's nothing really good there. It's not terrible. It's just a commitment. But no, I mean, the commitment I think is so important when it is partnered with friendship, collaboration, respect, romance, so many other things.
1: Okay, well, you're just going to there's a good list what what's the foundation of a good marriage uh, i I do think as uh, as we asked that question on Facebook in front of the thousands, uh, that it was, yeah, trust had to be number one. We did see. Was it, I don't know, commitment, but we saw, you know, accountability,
2: trust, communication,
1: communication, sorry, that was it. Accountability. Yeah. Trust
2: and communication were really big.
1: Communication. That might've even been number one Mm -hmm. was communication. And it's interesting to, I always think, you know, as people are just, man, right off the cuff, because these these comments were just scrolling in, scrolling in like mad.
2: Yeah. I think you just lost your, your microphone's glitching out. I don't know. It's like there's a short in the wire or Uh something. Okay. So while Kevin tries to get that, Hey, there it goes. Hey, there it is. Okay.
1: Yeah. When, when, uh, when people talk about communication, are they just off the cuff responding because they are suffering from a lack of, or they're benefiting from plenty of communication. And I think, you know, we saw some comments, some hard comments on there for people who are, I think, lacking that communication in marriage. I think that's, you know, as time goes on and, uh, things are not healthy, and separation occurs, or I, I think of it as building walls that i 'm doing x y z i 'm putting another brick in that wall that I start communicating less and it, so here 's a, here's something that one of our friends brought up once and we've we 've talked about it I think it relates to a lot of things, but relationally if you think about your relationship, if you think about your spouse and that you 're going along and things are things are okay things are okay maybe even maybe even say no I'm good good yeah. and you 're at a from on a level from one to ten you 're at a you 're at a six you know, maybe even a seven, five, six, seven, you, you're, you're there and you think, would you like to be at a, at a nine? Would you like to be at a 10? Would you like to be ecstatic about your marriage? I mean, most people say, well, sure. Okay. Then you're probably going to have to do some work, be, be honest and authentic and do, uh, do some things that will cause conflict, possibly hurt, stress, and take your current level, five, six, seven, you're going to drop down to a two. Or a three to build back. That's a very. That's
2: such an important point. Such
1: an important point because most. But that's the thing. Most people will say no. And I have. I have. And I do at times say no that I don't want to. At that, you know, there's been time periods where that's existed. And there are times now where I'll have to be honest with myself and go, you know what? I'm not willing to right now. Uh, Or I don't want it enough. I don't want it enough. Yeah. You know, I'm five, six, seven. I'm I'm at a six you know, do you want to be at an eight? Yeah. Okay. Well, then we're going to drop down to a two. Ooh, I don't want to do that. I mean, i talked about that with guys face to face and we've said, I, I know I'm struggling. I don't want to, I don't want to broach this issue with my wife because, oh my gosh, poop's going to hit the fan and I'm going to drop down to a two. Yeah. But it's, if it's the only way to get to a nine or 10, I know Yeah, that's, that is real.
2: And that, I'm, oh, that's such a good one that I think people don't recognize. Like, you know, we'll, well, I did that thing. You know, some, uh, a wife will be like, well, I did that thing. And I went to my husband and we're working on our marriage and now it's worse than ever. And I'm like, well, of course it is. If you've got a festering thorn in your foot and you have been limping on it for 20 years, First, you're going to have to have a major surgery to get that festering thorn out of there. And then my goodness, you're going to have to have IV antibiotics and maybe even a cast and you might not even be able to, you've, you've gotten used to hobbling. You've perfected the hobble. Like you can run up and down the stairs with your hobble, but now you're going to have, you won't even be able to walk for a while.
1: I, I, so I love word pictures and analogies. It reminds me of, what was it? Three or four years ago it was Father's Day. I went on a two hour run and it was great. But I came back, I just, just continued aches and pains, my knees, my hips, my back. And not long after that, I don't know if somebody gave it to me or I read about it. I think I might've read an outside magazine, an excerpt about this book, born to run. Long story short, it, and it, it's a great story. I think they're making a movie out of it is what, oh, what I heard nice. last. Yeah, but they talk about minimalist running. Why are these old, you know, why are here in America, everybody with all our technology and great shoes and you get to be about 60 and nobody's running anymore because it aches and pains. And down here in this native uh, area, these old guys and barefoot are running at 90 and they were talking about, you know, feet strengthening. yada, yada. So I read that. Oh my gosh, makes total sense. And I said, okay, I'm going to transition to barefoot running. What did that mean? Oh my gosh. All of a sudden my running took a I had to slow way down. I had to start over. And uh and we're getting a phone call from home. With <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Okay, to, take it away. I had to start I had to start over and I had to step back. And I actually still did too much too soon and got injured. And had to stop running altogether. Well, so great analogy here. I'm running two hour runs. I'm doing really good times in races that I'm doing running races. And I had to really, it was a year out. It was a year back of my running uh, to relearn how to run a new way. And now I do years later. Now, today I run completely pain-free faster. I enjoy it more. And my form is completely different, but man, it took some significant, work to relearn, to retrain. And goodness, we stay there in our I say marriage, but relationships, I mean, that's got to be the hardest area. You ask any guy, at least that I, uh, from a guy's perspective, what would you rather endure pain? Where would you, I mean, I know guys who are pain addicts. They're adrenaline junkies. I mean, they love it. They'll go tear themselves to shreds and build themselves back up bigger. And they love the risk and the stress. They'll do those things, but they are, and I'll include myself. I've been guilty of this. I am sometimes guilty of this. We are pansies when it comes to comes to our marriages. I mean, I, I know someone right now who, uh, incredible, incredible, godly, strong, brilliant, uh, person. And yet is not, it's, it's too scared to, uh, you know, broach certain subjects with his wife that, and I'm not dissing him. I have, and I am at certain times. I am that person. But, uh, yeah, as you step out for that call, just talking about how we as men, I mean, I think it goes both ways, but we, as men can be so strong and risk riskful and willing to break ourselves down and, you know, conquer the world. And we're complete pansies. Uh,
2: Oh no. Riskful. I like that. Riskful. With emotional intimacy.
1: Yeah. Or just, just relational, relational intimacy, but especially on emotional. And again, that was my thing. I thought. I, and we talked about this on Facebook. I th- I've always, I think of myself as not a private person. Hey, I'm, a, I'm an open book, man. I, I'm nothing. We can talk about anything here to thousands of people, but I don't share my feelings. That knocked me for a loop when yeah. I realized that. And it's still very unnatural for me.
2: Yeah. There's a, in marital counseling circles, there's a term called the intimacy anorexic or intimacy anorexia. And, and I think that's you know, that's, it's not that uncommon for women. I mean, sorry, for men, (laughs) sometimes for women as well. I think intimacy does come a little bit more naturally to women. Um, What makes me think of the term uh,
1: emotionally (laughs) constipated. I've, I've had that one talked around me somewhere. Do I feel emotions? Absolutely. Do I express them? I just don't know how
2: to get it out. Constipated. Yeah, yeah well. our our newest little one. This is so potty talk. Our newest little one in the house. She's four, and, and um, she'll say that she has to go potty, and then she'll sit there for a minute, and she'll go, poo's
1: stuck." Oh my god! <laughs> wow, Your emotions
2: yeah. get stuck. Yeah, well, my feelings are stuck. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, again, Uh, the point here is, is asking that question. What is the foundation of a good marriage? And we're hitting these points and and, and guys, if you go to, again, to go to Facebook, that was, it's the uh, video that we did. If you're listening to this at a later date, it's August 24th, 2016. You will see these comments, which again, it's been 90 minutes or so. And last I looked, there's over 600 comments. There will probably be into the thousands and read, you want to know what do people think? What do people think is the value of a good marriage? What do people feel like is the foundation? of a good marriage. We're pulling out some of the highlights here, but you can go read true stories. You can comment to them and talk to them right there on the Ziegler Facebook fan page.
2: A great um a great quote. Here I'll just share a couple of them. Again, Wendy Williams. I've used several of your, your posts here. Thank you so much. Again, she's a marriage educator and counselor who um was listening to the YouTube, watching the YouTube video earlier.
1: Can we charge her for advertising?
2: <laughs> and she had great input. She's a wise lady. So she wrote um, men need appreciation. Men love appreciation and women love to be seen, slash heard, slash understood and i think um that's we see that so often that's what is that famous book men need respect women need what is it love and respect yeah women want love they want that intimacy connection and men want that respect that you know admiration accolades and i think that is it is important to know the foundational things that make typically men and women different. Now, not every mm-hmm. marriage is going to be that. We have some dear friends um, that their tendencies are are kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. I love her to pieces because she's actually more like Kevin. And I think Kevin loves yeah. the husband to pieces. They're just like brothers because the husband is actually more like me. And so yeah. that that happens. And there's goodness, there's nothing wrong with that. We just got to recognize it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so foundational, foundation of a good marriage, to recognize you know your strengths, your weaknesses, your needs, your your the places the cracks that you have where you know I need to know that about Kevin that that he needs more um more appreciation and admiration and respect and and you know, oh, I need to stroke his ego. Ha ha ha. We're going to make fun of it. No, that's just truth and reality. I mean, I got a pretty big ego too. I need my, you know, but so just I can make fun on that. the same
1: side of going. Oh my gosh, she needs to hear I love you so often. So man. many I, times, I, I, I love <laughs> you when that status changes. I'll let you know. Can that be good enough? And, right, right. And and no, and yeah, I'll come back to the respect. That's respect. Yeah. I respect the things that you need, and then I, I would say the next piece of it is how you need it, which gets into if we're talking books. Um, who's the guy that wrote The Five Love Languages?
2: I know. We never can uh, remember saying we're well, terrible. Everybody knows probably The knows Five it, Love Languages. But if not,
1: go to Amazon or whatever. <laughs> five Love Languages. Incredible, incredible book. Or even it's just been around forever. <laughs> or even just the premise because when she says, okay, understanding that, yes, I, I need... Uh, appreciation means a lot to me to, to, for me to do things I like to do. I'm a doer. I like to do things for my family, for those I love. And then I like appreciation. Okay. But that's not the end of the story. And I feel appreciated through what, because if she writes me a novel and a sonnet of her, of her admiration and and appreciation, man, I don't know why, but that just doesn't do much for me. What does acts of service. When you think about me and do something for me, Mm -hmm. that's the manner, the vehicle of showing that appreciation that that, that means the most to me, not that the other doesn't mean. And I need to, when you do something, that's not my favorite vehicle. I need to give that value. Yeah. But if we're also caring about each other, respect each other, you would want to know,
2: I need to speak your language. Yeah. Otherwise I'm sitting over here jabbering away in Swahili and you don't know what I'm saying. And I'm just going on and on about how much I love you and you can't hear me. It's I wanna, not your language. And I
1: want I want to love you the way that I like to be loved. So I'm right. just going around and doing all these acts of service. Right. That's and I'm like,
2: things, Would you just write
0: me a sonnet? Yes.
1: Yeah, which is hard for me because it's it's just that's not that's not how I want to receive it. It's yes. It's the understanding. Mm-hmm. So here's here. This is communication, folks. I mean, this right here, this is great. So as the number one thing, probably that people posted on Facebook of what is the foundation of a good marriage, communication. With everyone, this is communication of caring enough to talk. And these are, these are discussions we've had for 23 years and we're still having them and still learning as we yes, grow and change always. And as we even know ourselves more, there's things that I've learned in the, I'm 45. There's things that I've learned recently that I didn't know about myself. So I need to share that now so that we can continue to grow mm-hmm. and evolve and strengthen yeah. in our marriage.
2: And always, again, always, so many people posted this, keeping keeping God at the center, keeping our pursuit of Jesus Christ at the center, because that is what's going to fill us with the strength and the courage and the humility and the vulnerability to allow transformation to happen in each of us individually and within our marriage.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
2: Here's another, I I love another great comment here. This is from, uh, I think it's, uh, Jixon Chaco, um, posted on the YouTube video. That's funny.
1: I pulled out one of his comments too.
2: Seriously. I wonder if it's the same one. Oh, wow. Okay. I wrote, oh, I mean, he wrote, he wrote, don't focus on the equality so much in a marriage. We carry our weight at different levels and need to be carried at points. Oh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, because I, you know, I tend to be like, collaboration, we need to be equals, we have equal input. Ooh, I love that. He just, he just nailed it. That, okay, equal, that carries this connotation that it's the same. No, I want us to both have value and input, but oh my goodness, that is so true. At different seasons, I I need to be carried I'm tired I'm I'm maybe sick I've I've just had a baby, maybe I'm just depressed and there are times where I need to be carried. and there are times that even and I think this is often harder for the man. there's times where where the the husband is just down, business is floundering and you know I need I need to be supportive to him. I need to be strong and carry him and encourage and so I thought that was a beautiful comment that we don't have to focus so much on yeah. equality. If we just focus on being there for one another, that, listening That is
1: true. That it's kinda of gets into some of the you know, the, the equality talks and women's lib and and whatever and I don't want you to be a guy. You don't want me to be a girl and there are aspects well and and, and even just different people, even if forget the gender role. I mean in any good relationship strong relationship we want to have complement or or have you know strengths and weaknesses that complement each other and take up but what you're saying i mean from a guy's standpoint i think we are programmed by the culture that we're supposed to be strong that is our identity and in doing that we don't we think that we're not supposed to ever be carried so that's one thing now me then mm-hmm. as a person we're talking about personality styles my personality style my image is way too wrapped up in being strong in pouring out and i literally do not and this is a hard, I don't desire to be carried right, ever. I right. don't, that hurt. That's a personal baggage. That's a personal, that's an admission and a weakness, but man, you take those two things and I've, it's a struggle for you. You you talk about that. That's been an ongoing threat in our marriage that yeah. you act, that I act like I don't have needs. Not that I don't need you, but that I don't have needs. I'm good. I can take care of myself. I take care right. of you, but you don't take yeah, care I'm of not,
2: me. I'm not, I'm not needed.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's And that's hard. Yeah.
1: Man, it's just. But it's, it's s- not
2: equality. I think he had a he had a great point because qual- It's not equality it, within the connotation of sameness. It's there's there can be equality of different roles and different strengths and different seasons. So anyway, I, I would I, I think
1: our kids would would uh, attest to the equality of you and I as parents, but they would absolutely pull out different areas of strength, who you are for them emotionally and relationally is very different, you know, from me and how I relate to them. Very different. And I think they appreciate us equally and see us as equal, but my gosh, are we the same? Not remotely. They yeah. would say we're in some ways Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. I, mean, I mean very different. <laughs> yeah.
2: Here's yeah. here's um one more great um great comment that I pulled out from the YouTube video that you can check out on the Ziggler page. Um, and I am not gonna say this name correctly, I'm sure, but Kanshan, Roy, Kenshin, Roy. Um, great quote here, and I'm actually gonna change it a teeny bit. Um, but what was typed in was, um, the foundations of marriage are respect, trust, love, free space, tolerance. These are the pillars for the foundation of marriage. I think it's so fantastic. and right away, my brain did a little translating, and I thought respect, yes. Trust, yes. Love, yes. Free space, immediately I thought boundaries. Because free space, we th- we almost think that that means like, oh, I'm free to do anything I want. But I immediately thought of, oh, oh yeah, that's boundaries. That's, I'm okay to have my opinions. It's okay for me to feel you know, that that I really want um, the, the curtains closed tight at night. That's okay for me to have that opinion. but And that is a boundary that I want to ask for. But what if my spouse really wants the curtains open? That's that free space. And so you can't do that thing of, oh, well, that's my free space. I'm going to have them closed. Well, I'm going to have them open. And then you have this constant battle. And I think that then leads to the next word that he had there, which is tolerance And immediately my brain translated that word to humility. I thought, what is tolerance? It's humility. It's the, in my mind, tolerance is this idea to me that your opinion has just as much value as mine. I may not understand it. I may not agree with it, but your ideas and your perspective and your boundary is just as valuable as mine. And so if we have opposing free space or boundaries, what to me is boundaries, then we have to have that collaboration. We have to come together and maybe it's, oh, I really have trouble sleeping and and on the nights that I'm going to be up early in the morning for work, can we keep it closed tight? And then on the weekends, maybe we fling them wide open. I mean, I don't know what you do. Do you compromise? Do you take turns? But you have to come together and that only works if you come together in his word tolerance, my word humility.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I hear you on that. I, when you said tolerance and what it translated in your head to, I thought of acceptance mm-hmm. and grace. Yeah, it made me think of that old analogy or uh, that was given to us about the cupboard doors open. Do you remember? Yes, how that, how yeah, that, that went? was a,
2: a marriage retreat early, early on. Mm-hmm. I
1: can't remember the details of the. He was analogy. just saying
2: that his wife leaves cupboard doors open all over the place, and that there's some right. things. There are some things that are deal breakers in marriage, like, well, you know, here's these two quirks about my wife. (laughs) She likes to, you know, go sleep with everyone down the street and all the neighbors. And yeah, that's a funny little quirk. And she leaves the cupboard doors open. And so he's like, well, there's some things in a marriage that are deal breakers. Like you can't, it's not okay if your wife likes to sleep with all the neighbors down the street. But if, you know, if she's just really tried to close those cupboard doors and she continues to have this funny quirk and she leaves the cupboard doors open, guess what? You're 80 years old and you love... You, you walk in and your your wife's been visiting the grandkids and the cupboard doors are open and you think oh i love her
1: yeah yeah i can, i take no responsibility for using that analogy by the way no uh, i just that made was, that up that was harsh okay <laughs> Yeah. I think that's, that's good though. That's something we've always talked about in our marriage. Is that a big deal? Kind of my mom, my mom used to say major on the majors, not on the minors. What is something that, you know, it's just, it's who you are and I love you enough. And it's not that big a deal when you hear people, you know, the petty things that we joke about socks on the floor and toothpaste, not squeezed. Right. Of course, it's never just that little thing. It's a whole bunch of things that comes down probably to a lack of respect Mm -hmm. uh, and caring for each other things. But are there some things tolerance where we say, yeah. Gosh, I, you said you're humble. And, and yeah, I like the idea of what do I, I just accept. I accept that part of you too, yeah. that fault even, or yeah. that weakness or that propensity. And that's when I can have grace on, I love you enough. Yeah. I like your perspective. What is something that may be kind of irritating, but if you were, if you died and were gone, that I, it would be nostalgic. I would cry at that thing. Yeah. You know, just like your, your kid, you complain to him about their clothes, you know, so-
2: dirty little socks on uh, the floor.
1: Ian, yes. Our 11 t- year old dude, has the worst habit. He takes a shower, his underwear goes on the floor and ends up <laughs> behind the door. And ends it's up
2: behind the door. It's yeah. always there.
1: Now, if all of a sudden he died tragically yeah. and I came in and saw that I'd ball my eyes. Right. out. I might even just shellac his underwear right there on the. Oh, de- yeah. yeah. I mean, what is something? Yeah.
2: Well, I, I loved those, those five words. And again, I'm going to say them. Okay. So maybe this is to kind of close up though. What are the foundations of marriage? Cause I know we need to wrap up this podcast and then we'll move on to the next one in a continuing episode, um, but again, you know what?
1: I think let's just make it. I'll just make an executive decision. So this is show four eighteen. We are going to continue because there's a again. There's I, I'm looking at the Facebook page again. Uh, in about ninety minutes, there's twenty one thousand views. Almost uh, four hundred thousand people have been reached by that video. Two hundred seventy four shares and one point one. Thousand, uh, I guess that would be one thousand one hundred likes and six hundred and sixteen comments. So oh
2: goodness, yeah, we got a lot more comments. There's, there's to go some through.
1: mileage to get through, so we are going to continue. So you hit your last point here, and then we're going to continue on and show four hundred and nineteen and talk about what percentage that the third aspect here, the third point that we we're going to do, what percentage of a marriage should be friendship, partnership, or collaboration, as Terry says. Or romance, and then just continue on with the Q&A. So that's going to be show 419, and we'll just double up on this, obviously, gargantuan talk of healthy marriages.
2: Yes. Um, Foundations of marriage, again. I just thought those, those five terms, to me, just sum it up really beautifully. And so I'm just going to say that again. Respect. Trust. Love. Boundaries and humility. And I know you, you talked about acceptance or grace or tolerance. Those are as synonyms. And in in my heart, in my head, I see humility as a very, very specific thing. Because if I say, oh, I can have grace for that, there's a connotation that I'm better than you. righteous grace. Yes. Yeah. I'm better than you and higher than you. So I will... I will offer you grace for that crappy That's way true. that you are. And if I tolerate it, again, well, I'm just gonna tolerate. It. If I accept it, there's there still is this idea that I'm better than you. And I just love the idea of humility in marriage. And I think it's so important. And that um humility doesn't does not mean I am lesser. If I display humility in relationships, I am not lesser. I simply get it that. Everyone around me, the people around me and the relationships God has given me are equally as valuable because we know, even if we're being a victim, our tendency, human nature is to think, well, I'm the greatest. I have the best ideas. My perspective is the only perspective that anyone can see. And humility says, no, this other person's perspective, what they see is equally as valuable. And I don't it's I'm not gonna tolerate or accept or have grace for it. No, I'm gonna have humility to know that it's it's just as important. What right have I to think that whatever they're seeing is wrong just because they're seeing it, I'm I'm not seeing it. So again, respect, trust, love, boundaries, humility.
1: Great. I love that that uh, we're going to wrap up with that wisdom brought to us by a listener. Yes. Not by Zig, not by us. Thank you for this community, for being a part of Ziggler's true performance show for the the folks that uh, were there on Facebook. I am humbled that so many thousands, tens of thousands are a part of this.
2: Okay, cliffhanger for the next show. Okay. I'm going to give you some interesting questions. Kevin already told you what the topic is going to be. Here's some great questions posted by people on the YouTube video.
1: Do you YouTube, think, Facebook?
2: YouTube. I keep saying YouTube. Yeah,
1: it's not YouTube. Okay. I'm so I am so Facebook not technically Ziggler video. I keep saying that. I'm Facebook. so sorry. Yeah. So sorry. Facebook, go, Facebook, Facebook,
2: Facebook, 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 Ziggler page. Okay. Uh teasers for next show. Naomi O'Brien said, Do you think your partner is responsible for each other's happiness? Basically, are you responsible for each other's happiness?
1: That's a killer question.
2: Um, I I don't know how to say the first name, Mr. or Mrs. Bose, Bose. Tell me the one thing of which you are most afraid of in your life. That's a very interesting question too. And it absolutely leads into what are the which is which is the most important aspect of your marriage? Friendship, collaboration, or romance. What are you most afraid of? Here's another good one. Crystal Patterson says, What happens when you feel like you're the only one? Maybe that's giving, serving, putting in. A one-sided marriage. Yes. That's a a really good one to dig into. And then uh, this is just a great general um, question by Fab Mandy, posted by Fab Mandy. Your advice to young couples going to get married. So yeah, we'll address lots of interesting questions next show.
1: That is awesome. Hey, and if you are listening this far in, thank you so much. And I would ask if you got value, which I assume you did, uh, if you're still listening in, please go to iTunes, log into iTunes or Stitcher and give a review that will help Uh, help motivate other people to come in here and listen to the Ziegler messages on healthy relationships and marriage, as well as everything else in regards to inspiring your true performance. Thanks for being here, folks. Talk with you in the next show.